0: Welcome to a page in my journal by the Gate and Ward Podcast. Today your hosts are Shalice Nance. Hello. And myself, Susie Romans. Shalice, how you doing? I'm doing good, Susie. How was your California
1: trip? It was great. I had a good time. I thought about you the entire time.
0: Um, ah, <laughs> went to some of my old stomping grounds
1: yeah california is a sunny beautiful place great people i've been thinking a lot about teenagers and in particular 17 year olds maybe because i have a couple that live in my house and i wonder Susie, when you think about the way you think today do you think you still think like the way you did when you were 17
0: i hope i still do because when i was 17 i was all about having fun And now that I'm the big 7-0, I'm still all about having fun. My mind is still 17 some days, but my body is a clear 70.
1: (laughs) Well, I think the same way. Like, yes, I'm 40, almost 47 now, but I still think a lot the same way I did as a 17-year-old. I mean, I guess you just, (laughs) who you are is who you are. But anyways, today we have an awesome person joining us. And it is none other than Emma Crowther.
0: Woohoo! hoo <laughs> Yay, Emma!
1: She is one of our exemplar youth in the ward. Wow. And I'm pumped to have you here, Emma. I love Emma because she is a willing person. And it was amazing. Today when I was reading my scriptures... I was reading in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, and the last part, it said, For God loveth a cheerful giver. And that's exactly what Emma is, as a cheerful giver. She was happy to be part of the podcast. And whenever I see Emma serving and doing all those things, she's working hard. But you are so happy when you are serving. So you are a number one person, definitely. But I'm going to introduce Emma. She is born of goodly parents to Kenneth and Candace Crowther, there's seven people in her family. Emma is 17 years old. She's the second oldest in her family with an older sister, two younger brothers, and a younger that sister. you can
0: relate to us because you're 17 and we're 17. Yeah, <laughs> we
1: still think like you. We do. Um, Emma is currently doing online school, and she absolutely loves her job. And she coaches uh, swimming over at the YMCA. And one thing that I'll never forget about Emma, it was during COVID. And it was when early morning seminary was on virtual. And so I happened to walk past my boys' screens, and you could see everyone had their name on their screen. And one of the names was Fluffy Chicken. And I'm like, who is Fluffy Chicken? And it was Emma. And that just shows what a
2: fun character she is, you know? So, Emma, we're glad to have you here. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I honestly don't remember why Fluffy Chicken was a thing. But it had a funny story, I promise. Well, I loved it. I think, I think it woke up everyone in the morning. So
0: <laughs> it, it, will be, it will come back to you. And we are so happy to have you in our ward, Emma. One of the things I love about you is every Sunday when I come to church, you're always in a cute new dress that I haven't seen. And then you come over and give Greg and I a hug. And like Shalee says, you're so happy. But you're also so friendly and loving. And I really just love to have a, a young person come over and say hi to me. Cause, you know, most people want to talk to me or. <laughs> in the more senior category <laughs> we sent emma a list of questions uh and she chose a couple that she would like to answer so i'm going to ask you the first one that you re- turned back into us emma and is what are two or three memories from your childhood that stand out to you so emma
1: before you answer that when i heard that you wanted to answer that question about your childhood i instantly thought so what is emma just going to tell us something that happened to her yesterday <laughs> <laughs> Because you're still kind yeah, of a kid. Exactly. No, but please share with us.
2: <laughs> that was actually one of the hard things about choosing a question is like all of them were like, um, um, what are some memories about when you were a kid or when you fell in love? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm only 17.
1: <laughs> like, how am I supposed to answer these? It's still happening in process.
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. So there are, there are a few memories that I definitely have and they've been kind of life changing. Um. My little brother. Um, if you meet him now, you'll know that he cannot take a risk. He is so paranoid about everything, and he, you know, he calculates and thinks about everything before he does it. And if he, if it's even like if there's even a slight chance that he could um, get hurt or anything like that, he won't take that risk. But will you share with us which younger brother you're talking about? Are we Elden? Okay, yeah. Elden. And is- how okay. old is Eldon? Elden is twelve years old now. Okay. Um. But most of this happens between when he was like two and six, and he was a very big troublemaker. It's actually what made my mom not have another baby until six years after. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you yeah, totally and, understand. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So yeah. Um. There was this one time that um we were we had these little things and we called them, embarrassingly enough, we called them monkey balls. <laughs> Okay. Uh, They were like little tiny magnet balls and for some reason you would like have this attraction to them and you'd want to like swallow them. Oh. Um, I don't know why, but that comes with like young age and wanting to put things in your mouth. So we were at the counter and we were talking about how we're not allowed to swallow these magnets because something bad could happen if we swallow them. And me and Eliza look at each other and we're like, I swallowed four of them. <laughs> Um, And but nothing had happened. In fact, we were totally fine. But a few weeks later, Eldon starts getting sick and he throws up every single day. He's throwing up. He can't keep down any food. And my mom, after I think it was the second day, she took him into the doctor. The doctor was like, he's fine. He doesn't seem sick. I I can't like I can't tell you what's wrong maybe it's just some sort of like food poisoning thing or something like that. Yeah. And so she's like okay we'll go home we'll kind of see how it goes and um I I think it was a day later he threw up blood and my mom was like okay this is this is not okay so she called an ambulance. And they took him to the hospital. They did an x-ray, and he had swallowed the three magnets, and they had clogged up his intestines, oh. so nothing could get past those magnets and so he wasn't ingesting anything and so he he goes through this long surgery, and you know there's this intern takes a picture of Eldon with his intestines on his belly. It's a fun little side uh joke, but anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it it kind of like. When when you have a sibling that almost dies, it kind of like, whoa, yeah, it changes whoa, you. yeah. You have like a, oh no, what happens? What happens if if he actually did die? Yeah, and it sparks this like this feeling inside of you, and it's scary, right? Yeah. And so when you see Elden in the hospital and he's like hooked up all to all these tubes, you're like, oh my goodness oh no <laughs> I, might, I might lose him right, right, yeah. right. so I, I do think that it um, gave me a bigger appreciation for my brother even though I think I was only like 8 or maybe I was older I don't know it was a good experience well and maybe even made you realize
1: I mean we all say oh, I love my family whatever but when they're yeah. almost to leave you how much you love them right yeah that was great yeah. Well, so is Alda doing okay now? He's doing oh, fine. Obviously, and you know? is he swallowing any more magnets of
2: light? Not that I know of. <laughs> All right. Okay, so there's there's one more memory that I think was um, kind of eye-opening for me. And um, that was when we went down to visit my great-aunts in um, the villages in Florida. So there's like this retirement community in down in uh, Florida. And they, uh, it's retirement, so you have to be like 55 plus. And so um, there are these like roads that are specifically for golf carts. Okay. And so they'll literally just ride around in golf carts. They'll go to the town uh, square, which has like a bunch of shopping centers and restaurants. And it has um, live music playing at night. And so it was just so much fun. So how old were you, Emma? So I was, it was in 2018. So I think I was 12 years old or almost 12 and um, with it, it was like this fascination. Oh, so fast driving on the back of the golf cart. Oh, it's so much fun. Um, but that wasn't even the coolest part of the trip. The coolest part was their neighbors had come over to their house to kind of drop off some um, newspapers or something. We said hi to them. We got to know them. He realized that my brother Annan had this fascination with planes. And he's like, oh my goodness, I have a pilot license and with a... Um, I have a Piper Cub, and, you know, I'd love to go and take you guys up to my plane, like, tomorrow, and let you fly in it. Wow. Um, and I just want to say this. I have never, ever, still to this day, I have never been on a commercial airplane, ever. Wow. Wow. This was the only time I have ever flown in a plane, and I got to go right up to this Piper Cub, this two-seater uh, airplane, and, you know, I got to go up by myself with him, and... He even let me sit in the front seat, and I got to steer the airplane up in the air. That oh. is cool. That's very cool. So, so I say drive usually, but technically I wasn't fully driving it because <laughs> there are pedals and stuff like that. But I was allowed to control the airplane, and it was it was terrifying, but it was so gorgeous up there. And it's just it was such a surreal experience to be able to um, be by myself. Or not really by myself, but you know, like not um, shoulder to shoulder with people, yeah. uh, super loud in an airplane. Um, but to be able to see everything and to be able to control where we where we're going, and it's just it's eye opening. Yeah, the world kind of the world that. is
1: beautiful. When Susie mentioned going on to California on an airplane, mm-hmm. it's wonderful to be up there. But I'm worried if you've really have never been on a commercial plane yet. The next time you do go on one, or the first time you do go on, it's going to be a total downer.
2: Yeah, because
1: what? Imagine being that experience you had, being right on the front seat of a yeah. driving an airplane. Right. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. That's <laughs> neat, yeah. though. What a neat opportunity! A neat memory. So, Emma, if you could thank anyone in the world, who would it be, and why?
2: Um, I think, I think the main people that I think of when I think of gratitude uh, are mothers. And that is because they give up their livelihood. They give up their entire lives. They give up so much of their dreams and their wants to take care of their kids. And what do their kids do? Oh, mom! Why are you doing this? That's so unfair. Why are you disciplining me for doing something bad? You're so wise. You're so wise. You're so
0: glad you've already figured that out.
2: You're not 17. You're like (laughs) 30. And I'm I'm still, I still definitely, I definitely do that. I'm still 17. I'm definitely still like, mom, why are you doing this? But really, I do know why. And um, I do definitely have this deep sense of gratitude for what she does because, you know, Everything isn't easy for her. She doesn't have it right away. I mean, she's learning just like me. I love this quote that Elder Holland gave in one of his general conference talks. He says that no one ever on earth could ever love like a mother could. Well, except for Jesus, but you know, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, that is beautiful. <laughs> and he's like, because of that, mothers are so close and so alike, our father in heaven. Um, and I absolutely agree with that. I think that mothers are amazing and i think that they uh do deserve a lot of gratitude i can't wait to tell your
0: mom what you said about
1: her (laughs) and don't be surprised when a mother sees you in the ward they're going to give you a big hug and say thank you and then if you
0: could email my kids and tell them i'd love (laughs) that's great yeah I All just right. gotta work on it myself too <laughs> <laughs> okay and I want to ask you this last question that's the one of the one of the ones that you chose is what advice would you give to your great grandchildren I know that's hard to think about when you're seventeen but someday you will have great grandchildren
2: yeah so I actually have two points and I'll try and uh, make them short <laughs> but uh <laughs> but the first one that I think is so vitally important especially um, now in, in days are um, is the difference between love and affirmation. And um, I think now now and today, if you're like, oh, I, I'm gonna do this thing, you have to support me. Um, if you don't, you don't love me. And I just think that that's so not true. I, I had this friend and she went out to college for the first time and she was already kind of making some decisions that I didn't think were right. And she kind of got into a bad crowd and she did a lot of bad things. She's totally fine now, but a lot of her friends and family were kind of saying, hey, you, you can't do this. These are not good decisions, decisions that you're making. You need, to, you need to stop. And she took it kind of like as a, I can do what I want and you can't really stop me. And I think it's so important that we show her the love that she deserves because she's still a daughter of God. Um, but I think that it is important that somebody say, Hey, you know, you're not doing what's right. Yeah. You need to shape up a little bit. And that is not hatred or anything like that. In fact, that is the greatest form of love is being able to kind of say, Hey, I don't think that you're doing what's right. Well,
1: I mean, wow. I mean, you are (laughs) mature way beyond your years. And I think that's interesting because as parents and as children, I think many times when they are told no you can't do something the child feels like they're saying I don't love you when in fact it is out of love that
0: those things are that we do those things
1: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah many times it's called tough love yeah you know and and uh, I had this conversation with somebody the other day about it the importance of showing heavenly father gives us commandments because he loves us and and I think that when somebody's not doing what's best for them, that, like you say, the greatest form of love is to help them. And there's a way to do it to help people feel, you know, like that you really care about them. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's amazing that you've already recognized that because many times, you know, sometimes hearing it from a peer versus hearing it from somebody else sometimes can be really powerful when yeah. somebody your own age tells you, hey, I'm watching what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's not, not going to lead you into a good place. So... Good for you, Emma. That you already have that
2: figured out. That's pretty great. <laughs> okay,
0: what was the next one, Emma?
2: So um, I was I, I have figured out um, that an attitude is really important. And what you're saying before is that um, I usually have a positive attitude, and it's a choice, right? I've learned that um, ha- choosing to have a good ad- attitude like changes your entire perspective on life and everything. In fact, I still regret to this day, and it wasn't even that long ago, it was like a year ago, we were taking out, uh, we were taking Eliza out to school, we were driving up, we, we stopped at 10 national parks all, along the way. And we stopped at the coolest ones, the end, Yellowstone and the Badlands. But I was so exhausted and tired, and I just wanted to be at Idaho. I just wanted to be with my cousins, I just wanted to kind of be out of the car. I had already been sick because I, um, I don't do well with like altitudes changing and I was just so done with being in the car and getting out and then getting back in the car and then getting out. Um, and looking back on like the pictures and stuff, I looked back on those Yellowstone picture, uh, pictures and there's this picture that where I'm like standing on this bridge and you can see so far out. I have never seen something quite as beautiful as that. And even on picture, I can see how gorgeous it is and I missed it. Because I decided that I was too tired to enjoy anything. And so I I still regret that time. And it's made me learn like, hey, it's a choice to have an attitude. And it's going to make my life better. And the people around me too.
0: That's a great,
2: great advice to give your great grandchildren that they can learn (laughs) from that. And so
1: Emma, we have one final question. It's share with us one thing you want your posterity to know about your testimony of
2: Jesus Christ. I, I love Jesus Christ, first of all. I have always had a deep sense of love for Jesus Christ. It's never been something that's been hard for me. Um, in fact, in my patriarchal blessing, it says that one of the things that will kind of guide me through my life is my love for Jesus Christ. Um. And I'm so, so grateful for what Jesus Christ has done for me. I just want to point out the story that I love um, of this, the woman uh, adulterer. And I I know you guys have probably already heard the story a million times, but I'm going to share it again. Um, So Jesus is teaching this sermon and um, some people come into the sermon, dragging this woman and throwing her to the ground and say, Jesus, we caught her in the act. What do you want us to do? and. He kneels down or I I actually don't know if it says that in the scriptures, but, you know, he goes up to the woman and he's like, "Um, I forgive you. And he's he tells everybody um, the, you know, the law for um, something like this would be to stone her. And he's like, "Okay, I'm going to find the perfect mediator between justice and mercy. I'm going to say you can stone her. But only the people who have never sinned. Yeah. And who is that? Nobody. <laughs> right? right? So, so he goes up to the woman and, she, and he's like, he first addresses that what she did was a sin, but then she, he says, I forgive you, go and sin no more. And I can't believe how relieved this woman might f- feel, but I also can believe that she was guilty as well. Because she had done this horrible thing and now Jesus himself is telling her, hey, this is not right, but I forgive you. And so it's like, wow, I can take that and change. And it really brings that into your real life. Like how hard would your life be if you had to learn this, this, and that? But guess what? You can't make a single mistake. You can't get anything wrong. You can't even think wrong. Because you won't be able to get into heaven. And so Jesus Christ, he broke those bands by coming and bleeding and dying for us. And so now we can go through life learning those same things, but with the ability to make a mistake and learn from it. And I just love that so much about Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's
0: beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, you inspired us. And you're a good example to the younger kids in our ward. And and the older kids. And the older kids. I (laughs) that took the words right out of my mouth. From from zero to 70, some of the things that you shared here today have been wonderful. And it's wonderful to see somebody at 17 already have so much wisdom. So we're so happy that you came to share with us today and appreciate you being here.
1: Yes, Emma, thank you so much for joining us and thank you to all those who are listening and being a part of the Gate and Ward Podcast, a page in my journal. Join us next time as we speak with another member of the Gaten Ward. Take care.
0: Bye. Hasta (laughs) mañana.